Hi everyone, I'm your host, Bella Page, and after suffering from post-concussion syndrome for years, it was time to do something about it. So welcome to the Post-Concussion Podcast, where we dig deep into life when it doesn't go back to normal. Be sure to share the podcast and join our support network, Concussion Connect. Let's make this invisible injury become visible. The Post-Concussion Podcast is strictly an information podcast about concussions and post-concussion syndrome. It does not provide nor substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or another qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you've heard on this podcast. The opinions expressed in this podcast are simply intended to spark discussion about concussions and post-concussion syndrome. Welcome to episode number 127 of the Post-Concussion Podcast with myself, Bell Page, and today's repeat guest, Ben Morton. Before you listen to today's episode, make sure you go back to episode number 63. This is our first follow-up with a survivor. Ben suffered a concussion while on a work trip in 2015. Seven years later, he is back living in Portland, Oregon with his partner, Rihanna, and their puppy, Turtle. Ben has re-entered the workforce after a long journey of recovery, and even though he's not completely symptom-free, he's cherishing the small victories that fell out of reach for so long. After bemoaning the hard parts of this injury for years, Ben is taking solace in acknowledging the beautiful relationships that have emerged as a result of his injury. Welcome back, Ben. Hey, thanks for having me back, Belle. It's, it's great to be here. So we're going to start with you kind of going back into your concussion experience for everyone. Do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, what that was? Yeah. So I, I don't want to repeat myself uh, from what I said last time, but in short, my concussion experience dates back to 2015. I was in New York City on a work trip and I'd run into a, a steel light fixture and it was something at the time that, that really shook me up. But for the most part, I was under the impression I was going to get better. And I finished out that work trip. I was having headaches, sensitivity to light, nausea, myriad symptoms that, again, I thought would just subside when I returned back to Portland, but they didn't. And so I, I returned back to Portland, tried to continue working. That proved to be too difficult. And that's when things really kind of swept me up into the tornado of, of having that injury, which was living with my parents for, gosh, five, six years. Last time we spoke, I just kind of was at the tail end of that point and reentering the workforce. But it's, it's been a heck of a journey. And I, I now look out for all steel light fixtures. And I, I'm a, a clumsy human by nature, but I am definitely on higher alert than I, I was before. It's that the moving back, I remember we did talk about it before. It, it's really challenging to move. Like you've like made this accomplishment of like moving out and then moving back in is like a lot of people have to do it. We have tons of survivors in Concussion Connect that have either moved in with friends, family members, older individuals who have moved back in with their kids because, you know, like they're not working anymore and like maybe they're older, they're at the end of their career, but they don't really like what else are they going to do? These types of challenges come up. And so it's been a while. By the time this comes out, it'll be not two years, but pretty close to when we recorded at least your last episode. So how are you doing symptom-wise since we last talked? 
You know, I'm doing okay symptom-wise. Last time we spoke, I got to be honest, I'm sure I sounded more confident than I, I should have, but I thought I was going to crash and burn. You know, I, I got hired for this job that I had to explain this long, long work gap. I was probably the most surprised by that job offer. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll try it. And um, I went into it really having a fear of looking at screens for, for long periods of time, the long hours, kind of sitting at a desk, seeing how my neck pain was going to respond to that. The first week I almost did crash and burn. I wasn't sleeping and I, I was kind of getting so inside my head on it. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't think I'm going to be able to to, to do this. I'm going to have to bow out. And, and then my mind went to that place of I'm probably going to go back living with my parents. I'm going to lose my, my partner, Rihanna, and my, my new living situation. And one thing I will say on that is that if you are living with your parents or you're in a situation that maybe isn't the most conventional to, to where maybe people expect you to be at in your life, I felt so much shame and humiliation around that. And it's weird now, Bella, because I wouldn't give that up. In fact, that's one of the most beautiful things that the injury afforded me was time with my parents that I find now that I'm back in this kind of work and worry cycle of, of life that I, I long for. And I, anyways, I don't want to get too off track there, but my symptoms, my eye strain is still there. So looking at screens eight, nine, 10 hours a day as I do, that's definitely a, a huge pain point that I'm trying to, to sort out and remedy. My neck pain is is definitely still there, but I have some new approaches that I'm, I'm taking. Maybe we can get into that later. But yeah, I, my symptoms are are at a at a plateau where it's it, it's livable, but certainly always striving to to make my quality of life even better. For sure, I think that's pretty like that's where a lot of people I think end up. It's like this kind of you know symptoms get better, get better, and then they kind of they have symptoms, but they can live with them, which I think is a good place. Like it's not a bad place to get. It's still frustrating, <laughs> especially when you've had like a concussion and I've had over 10. So sometimes like to me, it's like, it makes sense. You know, like I've been hurt so many times and like I've had more concussions than that. So like it, in my head, I can do the math. But I think when you've had one really bad incident or one small one, you're like, it seems like a lot more. But, you know, I like that you mentioned the family benefit aspect because I think that is one thing people share a lot in our community about how the one thing they've loved about this, if they had to pick something, was that it made them slow down on yeah. life, right? Because it kind of makes you, you have to, like physically, mentally, yeah. everything. So it really does make you slow down and kind of look at things differently and definitely gives you a different perspective on life and things like that. And so you mentioned doing different things for your neck and for symptoms. So what, what have you been doing? So I become the biggest believer, Bella, in massage therapy, which is uh -huh. something I don't believe I was really doing that last time we spoke. And not that I hadn't tried it, but it was something where I always kind of dabbled in it and maybe saw a massage therapist once or twice within like two weeks or a month's time. And I was like, you know, it's not really helping. There's some relief in the moment, but it just doesn't provide any respite from that pain outside of those, those visits. But massage therapy. And and again, I feel really lucky that, that my employer and, and my health benefits afford me that, but I now am on kind of a schedule where I get a massage at least once a month, if not twice a month. And I'm getting chiropractic care kind of in conjunction with that. And I would recommend it. And it, it feels like a chore at times because it's like, oh my gosh, Tuesday nights, I got to go do this after a work day. But if I don't, in fact, if I take a week off or a month off, that pain comes back in a way where it's like, oh, it's clear, clearly the culprit is me not 
kind of staying um, steadfast to this this regimen. So for anyone listening who's had any hesitance around massage therapy or, or chiropractic care, please don't. Please jump in there. And then I'm also every three months getting Botox, kind of Botox for migraines. That is something I've been doing for I think since 2018, which I failed to mention last time we spoke. And I remember beating myself up. I was like, oh, shoot, I forgot this one piece, this nugget that's helped immensely. So, And that's really kind of my toolbox right now, which is massage therapy, chiropractic care, and then getting those, those Botox injections about four times a year. I love massage therapy. Uh, I sometimes forget how well it works until I like get a massage and I'm like, oh, wow. Like it's gone, especially because like I don't really deal with severe headaches anymore. But for example, I injured my arm really bad last year, twice my shoulder. And so I, I tore all the muscles in it and I couldn't sleep on that arm since I had done it. And I had always slept on that side. And so I finally mentioned it when I went for a massage one day and he like did something in my arm, like, you know, found whatever. And then I could sleep on it ever since it's been fine. And it's like, all these things, but it is really important to go find somebody who's educated. These aren't relaxation massages, just to let everyone know they hurt. Um, <laughs> I know I find myself dreading going to see, and her yeah. name is Zara. Huge shout out to Zara, who's who I, I go see, and she's amazing, but it, it is not something, it's not like a Swedish massage. No, no. That, that can be, maybe if that helps you maybe feel less adrenalized after this injury, then go for that. But I think you're you're spot on is finding that that good fit for you. Yeah. And like it's not a relaxation massage. It's like a deep tissue type massage where they're really working in knots and nerves and all those types of things that could be pinched or overdone, like especially in the neck. I know there's a few things that I've gotten done kind of along with like craniosacral work too. And it's really helped ease those things. Actually, one technique I did with a massage therapist for a long time was pinpoint. So what they would do is they would like find a knot in my back or somewhere and they'd hold it and I would tell them what pain would start in my head and like it would trigger instantly. And I'd say like a 10, like a, you know, 10 out of 10 pain. And they would like work around that and get it down to like a five. And then we would do a new spot. And so like it was just releasing different parts of my body that was causing pain because you might as well. Like, and you carry a lot of tension when you're ill and the mentally aspect of it too because like you know your shoulders usually sit too high because you're kind of protecting your head and your body's just really tense a lot of the time so that's not helping either so it's definitely a good way to go and so Botox how has that been you're still doing it so you are finding relief yeah and a huge area that I just recently realized that it's helping is eye strain Bella because this last time I had my visit at OHSU here in Oregon or Portland I had my appointment was about two, three weeks later than it usually was. So it, it had time to wear off and my ability to look at screens had diminished noticeably. And then once I had those injections within a week's time, I was like, oh, wow, my eye strain's gotten better. And I asked my neurologist, I was like, is that a, is that a thing? And she's like, absolutely. That's that is definitely an area where this should be helping out. So the injections themselves, I don't love, you know, it feels like bee stings, like 33, 34 little bee stings. It's, it's definitely different than I think cosmetic Botox never had that done, but I imagine that's just like two, three, four pokes. But then it's it's totally worth it for the relief that I feel for the next two, three months or so. But yeah, eye strain and just kind of sensitivity to light. And it also just promoting that relaxation like you're talking about. I, I'm such a 
anxious person by nature. And so anything that can help me make those muscles and the areas where I'm tensing up just kind of relax is, is always a huge benefit. I think it's huge. And so I really want to kind of get into, you know, how your concussion is affecting some different aspects of your life. But before that, we're going to take a quick break. We have so many five-star reviews coming in for the post-concussion cookbook on Amazon. This cookbook was something I had been looking for. It pairs nutritional information specific to concussion recovery with tips for symptoms and the recipes are delicious. My husband and teenager loved it too. Very grateful to have this resource. If you've bought the cookbook, make sure to leave a review. And if you haven't, make sure you find yours on Amazon today or through the link in our episode description. Welcome back to the Post-Concussion Podcast with myself, Belle Page, and today's repeat guest, Ben Morton. So we've talked a little bit about, you know, how you got injured, of course, and, you know, some of the things that you've been dealing with, like symptoms and things like that. And so you kind of mentioned that your concussion is affecting your life. Do you think it's changed your perspectives on life? Like, how do you think having your concussion has changed how you act now or how you see the world, I guess? I love that question, Bella. And I want to answer that as best I can. Let me think, you know, I think Ben, before the concussion, it happened to me when I was 24 years old. And at that time, I think my mind was like, hey, I have these relationships. I, I'm taking stock of, of my friendships, which I feel like are, are at a good place. I um, am living in, in a situation I'm comfortable in. I think that Ben was still so, so anxious and kind of unstable in ways that I didn't really recognize at the time. You know, I think I was just kind of racing through life. And you echo this so much, Bella, on your platform, but just slowing slowing life down, which I think is harder than ever, even if you don't have a concussion right now. It's probably you're just inundated with messages all around and, and social media has taken over and all these these pieces that kind of add to the busyness of life. But I think my perspective and I'm still working on this. I don't want to purport to, to that I have it figured out. But I think in those five, six, seven years, not really working, listening to birds, hanging out in my parents' backyard, taking long walks, listening to music, really removing myself from that work and worry cycle. I, I think now it's my perspective. I lean more easily into to slowing down. And I think also just relationships. I think my perspective around relationships more than anything is, has evolved in a really positive way that I, I wish I could have gone back and told the Ben at the time, like this is, there's a silver lining here. And that, that's the piece too, is I'm just learning how hard it is to assess these good parts in life and these bad parts. Because when I had the, the head injury, my response and everyone else's knee jerk response is this is a terrible thing. And, and not to say that, that they're good things, but it's, I wish I could roll the tape sometimes on the life where I didn't run into that light fixture and see what Ben's doing. Cause my, my fear would be that that Ben is still just anxiously running through life and, and not taking on the responsibilities that maybe he should take on, or he's, he's just still settling for surface level relationships. And I feel like I've been able to connect more deeply with my beautiful partner, Rihanna, my friends now, my family members. It's as though that pain which is something we all experience, whether it's a head injury or, or not, it, it lies to you. But the way to kind of get out of that hole is is just connecting with other people. And I, I think that's my biggest perspective shift is like, hey, you can connect with other people who've, who've been to that abyss or maybe who haven't, but you can start to speak with them in an arena that that's lends itself to more meaning, I think. Yeah. I really like 
that you kind of added the little, like, you don't have it figured out. And I think it's important that people realize that, like, sometimes people think I have this really figured out. And that's really not the case. Like, for example, uh, a few days before we recorded this, I've been going to the gym. And so I had a POTS flare up at the gym. So I'm like doing step ups with a holding weight just onto a box up and down. And all of a sudden, my heart rate's like 198. And I'm like, oh, like the whole world's spinning. And I like sit down and I'm like, what did I do? Like, why am I having a POTS flare up? Like, you know, I'm pretty good with managing it. And sometimes things happen. No matter how much we prepare, no matter how much we try to manage all these health things and all these things in our life. Sometimes you can't control it all. And so I just had to like end my workout a little early and just kind of, you know, relax, lay on the floor after, <laughs> get my heart rate to relax and then, mm-hmm. you know, move on. And, you know, I've had pots flare-ups where it's way worse. Even one of my girlfriends was like, oh, did you need to like get a ride home? And I'm like, no, I was actually okay. She's like, oh, like if you needed a ride home, you could have called me. And I'm like, I know I could have. Thank you. Because like, does anyone want to call someone for a ride home from the gym? No. <laughs> Does it happen? Sure. And could anybody else tell that's what I was going through at the gym? Definitely not. I just yeah. looked like I was like out of shape, you know, and I am, but it's. <laughs> oh, no, I am. And do you find yourself being hard on yourself? Like, like just in an unfair way to yourself? Oh, yeah. It's, it's like the pots flare ups happening. And I'm like, oh, like I got to finish my sets. Like, you know, like it's just like in your head. You're like, oh, but I had like other exercises planned. And I'm like, do I do them? Do I not? So I cut out my whole cardio for the day because like that's obviously not going to help my heart rate at all. So, you know, it's okay. And it's okay to change the plan. I think that's like the biggest thing that really does also happen after concussion is it's okay. Because I think we get really stuck on this, like, you know, life has this set of rules that you're supposed to walk through these steps, but it doesn't always work out that way. And I like that you mentioned the ability to relax because just in support group yesterday, actually, we had a member say, well, how do you do that? And I'm like, what do you mean? Because I've been crocheting gifts. And she's like, well, how do you do that and not feel guilty? And I'm like, feel guilty about what? <laughs> she's like, about not doing like therapy and like focusing on like, you know, things that I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm like, who said you're not supposed to do it? Like, you know, it's okay to do a puzzle at night or, you know, skip your physical therapy one day and take care of your mental health. Because I think that's like the other thing is we get so focused on taking care of our health that we forget that our health has two parts. And so we really have to address that as well. And the last thing you mentioned was just that connecting thing. And I understand that more than I think I could even describe because that's exactly what this podcast has done. It's exactly what Congestion Connect has done. It's exactly what, like you mentioned, all these social media messages has done is I get people more than I ever thought I would ever understand someone ever. Like, I don't think I ever really thought of people the way I think of them now on like all the different things they could be going through, even though I talk to them every day. Yeah, I think try not to beat yourself up in the midst of this injury is one of the hardest parts. And, and, and relax. I mean, I'm still figuring that out even before my injuries. Like, how do I relax in this world? How do I, how do I feel, um, establish any form of like equanimity in this like chaotic life? And then this, this injury happens and, and it just further moves, r- removes you from that, that possibility. And, and then I just do the thing. And it sounds like you do. And so many other people who have this injury where it's just this really ugly, 
spiral where it's like, oh, I can't do this exercise that I used to be able to do or that would come more easily to me. And then I beat myself up over that. And then lightning strikes again some point down the road where I then beat myself up and feel shame or frustrations there. And so it's that's a daily practice. I feel like I have to put a lot of executive function and conscious effort into not tearing myself down. Uh, yeah, I agree. It really goes with that. Like the, it's not giving up. It's just doing something else. Cause I think a lot of time we are in program that it's giving up. Like, I think we're raised like this, like society kind of does this, like in school, if you don't complete something, you're giving up, but it's not always the case. And I think that's one of the biggest problems is like, you know, you get sick and you don't complete this. You don't do that. My symptoms flare up at the gym. I don't finish my workout. Your symptoms could flare up at work. You don't finish something. They flare up cooking, cleaning, you know, daily tasks, going for a walk. You know, you go for a walk and you have to cut it short, all these types of things. And so we feel like we're giving up, but we have to look at it differently. We have to look that we're still, that we're taking care of ourselves instead, you know, but that doesn't happen overnight. Like, no, I would have used to get so mad. You know, it happened at the gym and even in my head, even after all these years, I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe not. Like, I have to like kind of question, like think it through, like, do we keep going? Do we not? And then I'm like, no, like we're going to stop. We're going to go home. And I didn't get upset about it, but I used to like before that would have ruined my week. I would have been so upset that I was done. Absolutely. This made me think, Bella, of I remember when I was really down on myself, I had downloaded the Calm app. And I was doing like a 30 day, it's like a meditation package. Gosh, I forget the, the guy's name. He's, he's great. But there was one episode and I think it was called like self love bomb. And in it, he was just like, it mentioned how you should talk to yourself. And, and it, he's like, the way I look at it is I just have like little me. He's like, it's okay, little buddy. Like you're going to be okay. And sometimes that's how I now have to speak to me. And, and also in conjunction with that, maybe identifying the double standard where it's like, if you came to me, Bella, and you're like, Hey, today I have a headache or today I can't do this exercise. I'm just feeling not well. I'd be like, Oh my gosh, Bella, what can I do to, to help out or, and don't beat yourself up about it. Whereas if it happened to me, I'd be so harsh and so critical and trying to, to not be saddled with that, that sort of approach is hard. For sure. And so what are you up to today? We talked about it a little bit before we started recording, but how is life going? You know, life's going well. I I, I still struggle every day with, with symptoms, but I, I think if you looked at it on paper compared to, to Ben three, four years ago, it would, it would look like a miracle because you'd be looking at a guy who was unemployed, was living with his parents. And not to say these are bad things, that was just what was needed at that time in this injury. And, and if you're in that place, that's what you need as well. But right now, we in the last two years since we last spoke, me and my partner, we bought a house in Portland, which was really exciting. It's like 115 years old. So every week is us trying to fix that sticky wicket that's causing us headaches. But we got a dog named Turtle. That's probably been one of the most exciting things that's happened since we last spoke. She is pure chaos, but also so sweet. And if you would have told Ben four or five years ago that he'd have a, a, a dog ever and that that would be a responsibility that he was welcoming into his life, I wouldn't have believed you. And so just love that dog as well as I do my partner and my family. I'm spending a lot of time with them. I'm probably working more than I should. I think that's maybe a resolution I have for 2024, which is trying to 
establish a better work-life balance because I, I have my head in a computer again more than I would like. And so that's really exciting uh, on the basis of me being able to do that again, but also just kind of not, not what life's about. So, and outside of that, I wish I could report other things. I That's all great. There doesn't need to be life. Like, I think sometimes people forget, but like people always ask me like, oh, like, what's your favorite thing about a relationship? And I say the everyday stuff. And they're always like, what do you mean? I'm like, I love going to the grocery store together. I love waking up on the weekend together and making breakfast or making dinner and handing things across the house. Like I love sitting in the garage while my partner works on whatever he's working on. I love that stuff. Like it doesn't always have to be, I think we, social media does this. We picture life as like these big grand events, but I love the like what people would consider the mundane, like everyday little things are my favorite part. And I think learning to love those things makes life just a thousand times better. And so you've shared a lot. And I'm so grateful that you've come back on the show because it means so much to me. And I'm sure listeners are really going to love getting a follow-up from you. And so is there anything else you'd like to add before we end today's episode? You know, I just want to thank you, Bella. You are an inspiration to me it's just an honor to be back with you. And and I was thinking about this morning before we spoke, it's like I get to speak with my friend Bella again and I get to share the space uh, with each other, which was just so exciting. And I think just for anyone listening, as I hope I emphasized last time, is just really be compassionate toward yourself as, as best you can. And this injury, we, we say it all the time. I hear it here all the time. It's nonlinear. There's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be twists and turns. But eventually you're going to get to a place where it's like, wow, this plateau is imperfect where I'm at now, but it's infinitely better from where I used to be. And uh, you're you're going to love the version of you that didn't give up. So just, just take it easy on yourself. I'm going to try to do the same and we'll, we'll make a pact. I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing again. No, thank you, Belle. It's always a pleasure and uh, it's just, just the best. Need more than just this podcast? Be sure to check out our website, postconcussioninc.com, to see how we can help you in your post-concussion life. From a support network to one-on-one coaching, I believe life can get better because I've lived through it. Make sure you take it one day at a time.